prioritizing BUMN, BUMD, regional or enterprise to state-owned enterprise, does it really guarantee state control? I mean, that's, that's a big question. Are we confident that if water is controlled by them, then the, the people's welfare is going to be guaranteed? Now, I think what the Constitutional Court probably have yet to consider fully is the advent of corporatization of water utilities. That is to say that there are a lot of phenomenon in the world where a state-owned or regional-owned water utilities are actually corporatized and they behave just like the private sector, profit motive. And the court haven't really looked at that. This is Indonesia In-Depth. I'm Sean Corrigan. And I'm Tanita. That was the chairman of Indonesia's upper house, Mr. Zulkifli Hassan of the National Mandate Faction. He said, quote, According to the 1945 Constitution, Article 33, which states, All natural resources are to be controlled by the state and to be used for the benefit of the people of Indonesia. Unquote. Since the President Yudhoyono administration, the Indonesian government has been making an effort to rein in the exploitation of its natural resources and increase the role of its state-owned enterprises in the management of its minerals, oil and gas, and other sectors. The aim is to prioritize the exploitation of these resources for the Indonesian people, as stated in Article 33 of the 1945 Constitution. Water is the latest natural resource to be affected. Ah, dari desa ke kota, pantai ke gunung, biru samudra tinggi, awan membumbung, laut danau hulu sungai ke hilir, pesona Indonesia ku tak habis pikir, betapa ku terkagum. On this episode, we are going to go very narrow here and go deep in water. The Water Resources Bill being deliberated in the Indonesian Parliament. I've mentioned this bill several episodes ago, but I want to provide more information on the bill because it's important. And I recently had a meeting with a CEO of one of the big food and beverage companies in Indonesia, and he had some serious concerns about the bill. So I want to break down where deliberations stand And what better way to do that than with one of the most knowledgeable individuals on the subject, that is Dr. Mohamed Mova Al-Afghani. Dr. Mova has a PhD on water law and has a master's degree in European and international law with a focus on European competition law. He is currently serving as the Director for Center for Regulation, Policy and Governance, or CRPG, at the Ibnu Khaldun University in Bogor. I recently met Dr. Mova at his center to learn more about CRPG and to gain his insights on water. Yeah, so we established the center in 2013. Uh, our focus is on regulation and governance. We do a lot of water issues. We do a lot of uh, chemical regulation, uh, environmental, natural resources, and we've been active in the open government partnership movement. Mm-hmm. A lot of your work is interacting with the the government as well as the parliament or is it uh, more focused on parliament 
Yeah, a lot of my work really deals with public policy. So we do, we uh, have a lot of counterparts with the Bapenas and also the Ministry of Forestry and uh, other ministries as well. So before we go deep into the status of the bill itself, let me provide some background on this important but also controversial bill. The Water Resources Bill is being deliberated in Parliament by Commission 5. Commission 5 is responsible for infrastructure and transportation. Uh, the bill was first deliberated dating back to mid-2017. Uh, so many of you may ask, why is this bill being deliberated in the first place? This is because Law Number 7, 2004, on water resources, was struck down by the Constitutional Court in 2015. Mm-hmm. And the court had to use Law Number 11 from 1974 mm-hmm. on irrigation to prevent an absence of the law. This irrigation law was outdated and critics state that it was highly influenced by different political interests at the time. In July 2018, the chairman of House Commission 5, Fari Jemi Francis of the Garindra faction, said that currently the water resources are being exploited by business actors. Since 2017, some new and important articles have been written into the draft, which if passed, would drastically impact how water is managed and used in Indonesia. I spent time in Parliament speaking to lawmakers, and my understanding is that there is a push to tightly control water as a natural resource, and that there would be restrictions on how it could be utilized. For example, the needs of the people would be prioritized before any commercial exploitation can be done, and that only local state-owned enterprises and municipalities will be tasked with managing water resources. This is something that has yet to be explained clearly, and how this would actually work in practice. The Association of Water Bottle Industry and the Indonesian Joint Food and Beverage Entrepreneurs Associations and many other associations have been outspoken against the bill. Now, I've spoken a lot, and I want to hear your thoughts and insights about where this bill stands, Mr. Mova, and um, where you see it going in the future. Well, so before the 2015, there was the bill with the uh, Water Law 7-2004 was judicially reviewed right after it actually was passed by the parliament. But then the decision came out in 2005, and it states that uh, law number 7-2004 is going to be conditionally constitutional. So what it means is that if there is something wrong with the implementation in the future, it can be resubmitted and it can be invalidated. So I have warned in my one of my uh, journal papers back in 2006 that the government really needs to pay attention to the decisions of the 2000. Uh, five of the Constitutional Court, but I think until uh, 2014, 2015, there has been no significant changes. So a group of people uh, submitted the judicial review, and the reason of the invalidation is actually the implementing regulation is inconsistent uh, with the Constitution. So they cited, for example, the government regulation on drinking water supply and the government regulation on on water use rights, and then they struck the law. The court in the 2015 decision then formulated this so-called six basic principles of commercialization of water. Uh, the first, as you've mentioned earlier, um, there has to be a priority on human rights. Uh, state supervision is is paramount, is ultimate. Uh, the environment, and then. What is very, very interesting here is the principle five. The fifth principle says that BUMN and BUMD, which is state-owned enterprise and regional-owned enterprise, must be prioritized in the commercialization of water. And then 
principle six says, only after the above five principles are met, water can be allocated to the private sector. So this principle five and principle six is actually the one which is trying to be interpreted and implemented and operationalized in the water bill. But there is a difficulty there. It's not easy mm-hmm. to actually implement these principles. For example, what do we mean by the private sector? It's swasta. Itu apa? What is private sector? It's not clear at all. And the bill actually has no explanation of what is actually the private sector. There is no definition what what private sector is. So we have, for example, in a large part of Indonesia, I think the projection is around 60% of a drinking water supply in, in for the whole Indonesia, 40 to 60% is going to be covered by community-based water supply. These are the small-scale water supply systems in the villages, in the rural regions, and they are run by cooperatives, they are run by perkumpulan uh, association. And these are private sector, actually. And currently, this is how this is mo- the system works currently. Right. Okay. That's, that's how the system works, because the PDIM, the regional water utility, is unable to expand until the rural, uh, to the rural sector, because it's also very, very expensive. It's sparsely populated and the topography mm-hmm. is not. So they are run by these cooperatives or the foundations, or uh, but they are actually private sector. Now, there is a big question on how, because if if they are categorized as private, that means that they are going to be receiving the less allocation, which is which is actually odd. Because actually these are quote, quote unquote private, which is uh, supplying the basic water need. Uh, human right to water to the community. There is also a problem with that. For example, prioritizing BUMN, BUMD, regional enterprise to state-owned enterprise, does it really guarantee state control? I mean, that's that's a big question. Are we confident that if water is controlled by them, then the, the people's welfare is going to be guaranteed? Now, I think what the Constitutional Court probably have yet to consider fully is the advent of corporatization of water utilities. That is to say that there are a lot of phenomenon in the world where a state-owned regional-owned water utilities are actually corporatized and they behave just like the private sector, profit motive. And the court haven't really looked at that. And so this, these are the conceptual and theoretical difficulties that are trying to be implemented and operationalized into the bill. And it faces a lot of problems. Now, as to your question as to the position of the bill, I'm mistaken. The, the, the target is going to, they are going to pass the bill by the uh, early November this year. But I don't know if they're going to meet the target, but seem, the House of Representatives seem to be very confident that uh, they're going to pass it. But yeah, as I said before, there's still a lot of problem in, in the bill. Harus dikuasai negara untuk sebanyak banyaknya buat kejahatan masyarakat, masyarakat Indonesia. That was Ridwan Bai of the Golkar faction and member of Commission Five of the Indonesian House of Representatives. He said, quote, "Water has to be controlled by the state for the greater welfare of the Indonesian people. Private businesses can get involved, but the mechanism, system, or contract must be strictly regulated." Otherwise, it will affect the livelihood of the people. Unquote. Have they been open to a lot of uh, input from the private sector, from these associations? And how has been how has the reaction been from 
the lawmakers. Mm. Uh, there's been a lot of concerns from the private sector on this bill. Mm. Yeah, the government is actually quite open. On the last DIM, a problem inventor list of the government, they are quite supportive of the private and industrial sector. But the original stance of the House of Representatives, I think they are very, very strict. Their reasons actually make sense because they are afraid that the bill, if it doesn't conform to the Constitutional Court's recommendation, then could be resubmitted for another judicial review. They, and they do not want that. Yeah. But as I said before, there is a lot of problem uh, within the bill and how to operationalize this. For example, so the principle six of the court decision said that if there are remaining water after the previous has been allocated by the for the people environment and so on and so forth, uh, it can be allocated to the private sector subject to very strict terms and conditions. So what are these strict terms and conditions? The court did not say anything. The bill says that the interpretation of the strict terms of con- and conditions is, for example, I think it's an article 47 or article 51, the private sector will have to pay a, a bank guarantee. They have to provide bank guarantee. They have to give 10% of their profit for water conservation. And then it can only be done, for example, through modes of cooperation or investment or a joint venture. Mm-hmm. And the private sector sees this as burdensome. And it could even lead to high-cost economy. And the 10% is quite a lot. And, and this, excuse me for interrupting, so this is a joint venture between locally, uh, local government uh, uh, organizations or companies with yes. the private sector. Correct. So correct. it's very unclear how that would actually work in, pra- no. in, in practice. Absolutely correct. And yes. um, so it would be increased costs and also yes. uh, more uncertainty for such yes. businesses to, to deal with these local state-owned uh, companies. Yes. From the point of view of the state-owned enterprise or regional enterprises, actually, it could be a profit because they can sell water because they are the one who is not monopolizing but they are the one who's yeah i mean in terms of the law if you want mm-hmm. to exploit water you have to deal with them so mm-hmm. i can just give water and then it's uh, a very lucrative business but for the rest of the business world i think it's um it could re- really really increase uh, the cost of the industry and uh, it does, we also need to pay attention about small scale and medium enterprises for example are they going to be subject to the bank guarantee? And what if they are uh, uh, loose, so they don't, don't make any profit? Do, uh, do they still have to pay the 10% of their profit? It's, it's, it's difficult, you know, to be envisaged. Um, I'm hearing that in Parliament, there's a lot of pushback mm. on the, the bank guarantee and also this, mm. this 10% mm. so-called tax almost. Mm-hmm. Will that still be part of the bill? Do you think that'll change this bank guarantee and a 10% tax? Because the companies are really, really worried about this. Yeah. Uh, well, the government does not agree with that. So in the government's name, it's, they suggest that it should be struck down. This, this For both the bank guarantee all and... All of all of So the government is, is not in favor of that, is not supporting no. that. The, the government position is that participation of, of the private sector is still subject to strict terms and conditions and should be regulated to an implement, uh, government regulation. So... The issue would be in the government regulation. I see. Okay. okay. But we don't know if that would be the final position of the parliament because I think the the, the public version of the draft is still the one in April is still you know, it's very strict on, on, on this matter.
you told House Commission 5 that draft article number 51 should not equate the definition of drinking water mm-hmm. and bottled drinking water. Mm-hmm. If not, uh, it would be harmful for the for investment in, say, pipeline uh, water. Commission 5 Chairman Fari said that this is a sensitive point, uh, which was once struck down by the Constitutional Court. Uh, what are your thoughts on sort of the, the definitions with, you know, drinking water and bottled drinking water mm. and how crucial that actually is for the bill? And it's, it seems that it's, it hasn't received much attention. There is actually only few mention on the Constitution of drinking water. It's those by, because uh, uh, from the explanation of one expert witness, I don't recall the name. So it's not really the attention of the constitutional court decisions. The, the decisions actually pay a lot of attention on privatization and commercialization of water. So not really on bottled drinking water. It's not, and, and it's uh, it's quite mysterious. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, I also uh, do not quite understand why the problems of drinking water is going inside the, the water bill. Now, my, my concerns, uh, there are several. First, the, the problem now is that in elucidation of Article 51, they define drinking water as constituting both pipe drinking water and bottled drinking water. Now, there is a problem there. First, for example, the bottled water should not be qualified as drinking water in terms of human rights. The fulfillment of the human right to water, to which I was a party to the human right to water movement between 2009 until 2011, so I know very well what the human rights standards are because I also drafted it. The, the human right to water should be fulfilled ideally through pipe drinking water and not through bottled water. So if you're saying uh, you're going to have like uh, drinking water and we're going to give you a bottle, it's, it doesn't fulfill the human rights standard. Because we have the standard of, for example, first is affordability. Water bottle is too expensive. And compared to pipe water, maybe several hundred times more expensive. Uh, second is also uh, the access and the distance. Because uh, according to human rights standard, human right to water needs to be uninterruptible. So it needs to be continuous. You go to the toilet, you open it, and you have to see it flowing. That's not the case with bottled water, right? We can't mm-hmm. use it for daily activities. We can use it for sanitation, for taking a bath. It doesn't also fulfill, I think, the WHO uh, standard. And also, uh, the regulation is also different. So if you look at the drinking water utility, a drinking water utility is a natural monopoly business. It means that in one city, there is only one seller. I mean, you can't have two water taps from two different companies in your house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, drinking water is a consumer goods. You can have a lot of drinking water, I mean, with, with different brands supplied by different companies. So in terms of the regulatory framework, it's absolutely different. And I think the government and the public groups agree with this position. Because it makes the regulation, the implementing regulation becomes ambiguous later on if we force things on the same definition. And there is also my fourth objection is because I'm afraid that if we put bottled water into the definition of drinking water, then PDAM, which is Prosandera Airmino, a drinking water company, will invest in bottled water. This is the local water utility. Utility, yes. Yeah, it's a drinking water regional own drinking water utility as a translation if we say that 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 is drinking water then they may invest in 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 in, in bottled water instead of extending it to pipes and imagine the a cost of a plastic for example because there will 
there will be more people coming into the business. The whole PDIM in Indonesia and the Boomdes, the regional affiliation uh, enterprise, dealing with that data. So they will not be concentrating of extending the network in order to achieve universal supply by 2019. Interesting. So the impact of this bill is much larger than just say the business community. This is this comes down to oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Crucial, crucial um, services for for local people. Yeah. And, but do you, do you see Parliament or the government, you mentioned that uh, the Public Works understands this, uh, but any other ministries or has lawmakers uh, no, been, been able to grasp your, the point you just mentioned about the, the pipeline and the classification of water and drinking water and bottled water? Oh, I need to, I need to correct my first uh, statement. In an unofficial capacity, the government say that, uh, yeah, they agree with this, so in the several seminars. But in the DIM, in the real document, they simply try to focus the definition of each, but it's still regarded as a drinking water. So it's not really, uh, I'm not really satisfied with that. It's, it's an improvement, but still I'm not, I'm not satisfied. With so that. official stances haven't changed, but some informal discussions, they said that they're understanding the issue and want to provide clarity. Yeah. But officially their stance hasn't changed yet. Well, they, they try to make it very, very specific by giving definition. What we mean by bottled water is something of a, of a, for luxury or something like that. And what they mean by pipe water is something that is supplied to house or something like that. So they make the definition. But they are still under the same drinking water. My suggestion is just to strike down the whole bottled water in the, in the elucidation of the law. It, it shouldn't belong there. Because to me, bottled water here is just the same like um, other commodities uh, which uses water. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to mention some brands, but like soda or uh, those kind of beverages. And the only difference is the color and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the taste probably, but it's uh, like coffee or like... So those are, your, those are products. Those are absolute products. You buy a coffee at a coffee shop and then you put it in a bottle, it's a bottle of water. The difference is really the color. Otherwise, it should be regulated as, yeah. you know... Both the parliament and the government initiated this bill? It was a parliament-initiated bill. So originally it was initiated by the parliament. And the timeline for this bill, you mentioned officially their target is this November Mm. to have the bill passed. Mm. If you had a guess, would would this be passed in the session in November? I cannot say for certain. I I don't know. I mean, it's sometimes difficult to guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It, it seems, just from what I'm hearing now, it seems like there's a lot of work to be done between now and then it's already almost mid-October, so... Uh, yeah, there are some other problems with respect to allocation of water. I think they haven't really paid attention to how water should be allocated. There is a problem with regards to Article 63F, which is regarding access, because in the new... In, in the water bill, they say that the intention of the article is actually quite good. I mean, you have owners of the land must provide access to the communities surrounding the, that. So, But the elucidation says that you cannot build fences around yeah. water source. And that's a major problem. Yeah. On the one hand, there is an interest of people from gaining access to water, which is supported by that article. But also there is a concern of water quality. Exactly. Because we couldn't, we, if we cannot put fence around it, then animals can go inside and then people can go inside, communities can yeah. go inside. Then no control. Yeah. I still don't know how they are going to solve this, this particular article. But, that, but I think the, the parliament seems to understand the problem and we have these two different interests which is, you know, must be guaranteed but they don't have to pick it into words in, in the Yeah, interesting. Dinosaur, <laughs>
The problem of drinking water and also this, it's not the only problem, there are several other important issues. Uh, well, as, for example, I said, uh, I mentioned earlier about sanitation. Sanitation is only mentioned in the elucidation part of the bill. So sanitation is, is a major concern and major issue, but it's only mentioned in the elucidation. Yes, it's only mentioned in the elucidation. There's only one word containing sanitation. And, I mean, if you look at the statistic, 30 million Indonesian are still defecating on the open. In major cities such as Jakarta, for example, the sewer is only like 3%. So there we have 90% of feces, which is dumped elsewhere in the waterways in major cities in Indonesia. So we have a huge problem. I think 2007 World Bank estimate is the cost for the lack of sanitation in the sewage is around 57 trillion per year. All these people having, you know, contaminated with, uh, infected with tapus, cholera, and those kind of things. And, and also the implication on stunting. Which is a major major issue. It's not yeah. only for the future generation. It's really unfortunate they only put it on, on the elucidation part. Uh, it's a question why, because, I mean, there's a lot, there's some articles on drinking water, uh, water supply. Why not regulate sanitation, I, I asked. Their explanation was that they wanted the law to be a water resources law only. Which is actually from the standpoint of an ideal legal reform, there are some justifications on that. Because in, 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 in developed countries, we have two kinds of law. We have a water resources law, and we have water services law, which regulate water supply and sanitation. So it's a two, two different law. But this law, actually, if, if the argument is it's only specifically for water resources, it's, it's not the case, because the water utility is regulated there already. And if we have to wait for the sanitation law, the water services law, to be passed, it's going, we're going to have to wait for some years. So, if this law is passed with that condition, where sanitation is only mentioned one time in this elucidation, major sanitation and sewerage infrastructure in Indonesia, which is already going on, the development, is going to be without legal framework. And also the sanitation surface is not going to be regulated. What percentage of Indonesians have access to clean water? Mm, I have to check, but I probably around 60% safe, safe clean water. But that also and, and that's not drinking water, that's clean water? And yeah, it's, it's, it's just clean water. It's a drinking water, I don't know how many percent. It might be very, very small. I mean, it's not really potable, the drinking water here. I mean, I think you mentioned that the Commission 5 chairman said that his team will discuss the uh, technicalities later, but there's a lot of technicalities and major issues to be uh, deliberated and reviewed, and that, that has yet to be addressed in, uh, in this bill, correct? Correct. Uh, I think we have already submitted our recommendations to Commission 5 and uh, they accepted it and the problem is really with which article should be positioned sanitation. I think they are trying to avoid changing the whole structure. So sanitation is its own thing. Sanitation actually has two purposes. The first is to improve water quality and to maintain water quality. It means that people don't throw away stuff. Now, this is the, the approach of sanitation that is currently in the law, in, in the, in the elucidation of the water bill, and also the uh, environmental legislation, environmental law. But there is also a second part of sanitation, which is sanitation as service. And sanitation as service deals with, for example, a gender problem. Like, for example, what kind of toilet to be uh, gender sensitive to children? 
the problem of uh, acceptability for example you want to have sitting toilet or, or uh, western or asian you know kind of kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a toilet uh, what, what happened if there is leakage uh, how many times are we going to have our uh, septic tank drain using trucks these are a surface now the surface part is not at all guaranteed under water bill so the concern of sanitation and the elucidation of the water bill is only for maintaining uh, water quality, but not really like for providing you know, services. In 2017, the Supreme Court decided that the privatization contract between the Jakarta Provincial Water Company and various private companies was unlawful. Now the drinking water system must be returned to PT Palm Jaya, which is the Jakarta Provincial Water Company, by February 2022. Uh, what does this mean for Jakarta? Um, it was a citizen lawsuit brought by several NGOs against Jakarta Provincial Government and also the Jakarta Drinking Water Utility. Because uh, since 1997-1998, the maintenance and operation of the Jakarta water system is being operated concession to the private sector, Palija and Etra. So this is an old uh, system under President Suharto? Correct. Okay. It's under Suharto without a proper uh, auction and proper procurement. I see, okay. And has been problems with respect to coverage. The coverage coverage wasn't really increasing as intended. I think now it's around 60%. It should have been like uh, 100% by the end of the contract, for example. And uh, there's a huge number of, uh, I think, non-revenue water is also quite, quite high. And uh, quite a lot of Jakarta cells still haven't received the uh, pipe water services. And in addition to that, of course, the contract is very, very much in balance. So they are, uh, the contract is very, very strong on the private sector. It's very weak on on uh, the uh, Pangjaya part. So the case goes from the Pangadilan Negeri and, uh, and then goes to the, the, the appeal, state, so the state, the state court, court yeah. and then the appeal, and then the Supreme Court. And now, actually, the Minister Ministry of Finance is uh, filing for uh, Paninjon Kambali for a court review. So it's for filed for a court review. Yeah, yeah, by, by, by the Supreme Court. So, yeah. And it's it, at, at the state court, the decision actually has two parts, okay? The first part of the decision in, in the state court is that the contract should be deemed null and void. And the second important part is that the government, both central government and provincial government, should stop the privatization and transfer everything back to Amjaya. But at the Supreme Court level, only one come out, and that is that the policy of privatization should be stopped, and then the system should be returned to uh, Jaya. They don't mention anything about the contract. Uh, you know, as a, for lawyers, that's a problem, because that means the contract is still valid, but the Supreme Court said that the privatization should stop. So, yeah, the CLS is, is also very, very important in terms of water uh, industry and water business in Indonesia, because this means that, that ordinary people can sue a private contract between government entities and, 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 and the private sector. And they can seek for invalidation of such contract. 
if they do not fulfill, for example, certain principles. So that that's a huge thing because I many can be applied in other sectors as well. It, yeah, so it has a much larger impact. It could be applied, as you said, to any anything else, any contract that you dislike. That's right. If you don't fulfill the constitutional wow. human rights, then I'll sue the court and I'll wow. can ask for it. Although that, of course, that uh, as I mentioned earlier, at the Supreme Court level, uh, the, the the dictum, the uh, the verdict, they say they do not say that the contract is not void. Uh, only at the state court level. So at the final level, they don't say that. But still, it's it's powerful because they say the privacy policy must be stopped. It's interesting. So both this this lawsuit and the water bill it has much a wider impact or influence on other things, not just the you know about water. Yes, it's fascinating. And also, that means that future water contracts must ad- adhere to certain constitutional and, and human rights principles, because that's what the, consi- uh, the Supreme Court was saying, as the state courts are saying, this must comply with constitution and human right to water. So this means that all the major contracts, I mean, say for example now, in the government regulation 122, the private sector, they can only participate in areas other than distribution. So in, in water, like so we have abstraction, you get water, pulp water from the stream, and then treatment, you treat the water, and then you distribute them, and then there's customer service. But distribution is the main charm, because it deals with a lot of large pipes underground. And distribution is, is very important, because then you decide to which community are you going to extend water. Of course, if you're a for-profit entity, will only extend the pipes to the ones that will pay. Mm-hmm. This, this is why in, in good neighborhood, the water is always flowing. But in slum, they don't want it because land tenure is not there, yeah. maybe they don't pay, they pay the reefs. So that's why the distribution determines the state control. And in PP122, our sector can only play in other areas other than the distribution part. But there are some parts, I think, some contracts in Indonesia which doesn't follow that rule. Mm-hmm. And that could be also threatened by the citizen city. And what will happen in the end to Jakarta's water? So they'll have to find these well, new contracts, or will it? Well, the the uh, Ministry of Finance submitting the peninjauan kembali, judicial review, uh, court review, to mm-hmm. the Mahkamah Agung. Uh, there, I think the rationale is because there are kekhilafan, uh, a mistakes made by the judges in deciding it. I think it's going to be very, very difficult because this is a, this is a quite, quite, quite strong case. It's going to be difficult for the Supreme Court judges to overturn the decision of their their own decision. Again. Yeah, yeah. And it's already been supported from the ground up. But we'll see. We don't know what's going to happen. It's fascinating. There are several reports in relation to the PT Pamjaya case where because PT Pamjaya, even after the privatization, was not able to adequately provide uh, Jakartan uh, population with clean water, the people have to resort to their own creative DIYs on you know digging wells and creating their own uh, type of, in my opinion, a community-based uh, water system. The consequence of that was the um, sinking of Jakarta land. Even the New York Times has reported this, that Jakarta has been a sinking city faster than any other major cities. Um, so going back to what you said about the priority of giving access or license of a drinking water system to community, is there any harm for that? Or do you think that that's the reason why the government is quite reluctant to give it to the community base? Because they see that there will be less understanding on the effects to the environment? Okay, 
I think the community base in, in, in Jakarta is only in, I think, probably northern part of Jakarta and in the slum areas. They call it the Ikaka, where there is a central water tap and then water has been distributed, and it's sometimes it's community run. Uh, the majority of which is actually this, of course, individual houses and apartments and the buildings, the high, high-rise buildings which sucks the water from the ground and then cause land subsidies. It's a catch-22 problem, I think, because... Um, if you close the wells, then they have no access of water. But uh, because the water pipes are not running in, in, in some areas in, in Jakarta, I think, because the surface is not, is not uh, really improving. So if we want to, to tackle the land subsidence problems, I think one of the main thing is we have to provide network expansion. We have to expand the, the, the network first. So we have, to, we have to do that. Once we provide uh, the, the services, then we can say that you should not use groundwater anymore because not only it causes land subsidence, it also causes you know the E. coli. I mean, people mm-hmm. septic tank is quite nearby to their water sources. That's why we have frequent cases of of uh, illnesses. But we cannot expand the network because the network is not being monopolized by the private sector under the concession contract between Palm Jaya and the private sector. Even though you have the money, you cannot just expand the network. We have to obtain permission from the private sector if we want to expand the network. So that's a problem. Mr. Mova, what other bills or regulations are you following closely that uh, our listeners should be looking more, uh, paying more attention to? Well, uh, I'm not looking also at chemicals regulation and chemicals bills and also... There is a new, I think, the Ministry of Forestry and Environment is going to draft the revision of the government regulation on dangerous chemicals. So these are, the, the chemicals bills haven't really gone to, haven't really been discussed, but it's always been there. I think it was submitted by Ministry of Industry. But this is a huge bill because everything is chemical these days. Special thanks to Dr. Mova Alafghani from the Center for Regulation, Policy, and Governance, or CRPG, at the Ibnu Khaldun University for breaking down all the important aspects of the Water Resources Bill that's currently being deliberated in the House. We will be following developments on this very closely, and we'll see what happens in the next session in November. I'm Sean Corrigan. And I'm Tanita. This is Indonesia In-Depth. Please send us your comments to info at indonesiaindepth.com. That's info at indonesiaindepth.com. The Indonesia In-Depth podcast is produced by the team at Lexico Indonesia, a political risk advisory located in the heart of Jakarta. You can find Lexico Indonesia at lexicoindonesia.com. <laughs>